Hello, and welcome to the Professional PT Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Baker. I'm a physical therapist living and working in Southern Indiana, and I'm also the new professional for the Indiana ABTA. Today, I'm bringing to you the second episode of the Professional PT Podcast. First episode with other people actually talking about something. On this episode, we have Nate Nevin and Sean Bagby discussing mentorship. It's filled with some great conversation, so I'm just going to get right to it. Here we go. First, I want to thank you, Nate and Sean, for being on with us today. Um, today, we will be discussing everything mentorship and everything that goes along with that. But before we get too far into the topic, I want to make sure we introduce you guys and tell us a little bit about yourselves, where you work, what do you do, um, just so everyone has an idea of, of who you guys are and uh, where you guys are coming from. So if uh, Nate, if you'd like to go first, and then we'll have Sean introduce himself. Awesome. Well, I want to first thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited about this. Uh, so uh, so I'm from the southern part of the state, from southern Indiana, um, grew up around here, and uh, went to Bellarmine University in Louisville, Kentucky, did my undergraduate work there, and, um, and then actually went to PT school there. And I graduated in 2009, and um, I actually started working the day after I graduated um, in an outpatient clinic in Southern Indiana, Floyd's Knobs, Indiana. Uh, it was Floyd Memorial Hospital, just an outpatient clinic there. And I've actually been working there since that time. Um, we've been bought out, so we're now Baptist Health Floyd, uh, but still work um, in the same clinic, uh, doing outpatient orthopedic physical therapy. Um, I started working at Bellarmine University as well as an adjunct professor. Um, helping in some of their service learning classes um, in 2012. I uh, started doing that. And then uh, last year, I started teaching um, their extremities course and their spine course. And I'm currently helping in the spine class um, right now. So that's kind of my, uh, my work, uh, PT work life. And then my um, uh, uh, APTA uh, involvement is um, I started uh, getting more involved with the Southeast District, uh, became the chairperson um, in 2011 uh, for the Indiana chapter, uh, Southeast District. And um, I did that for, I don't even remember however many years, and I became the Southern Region Director at Large, I think three years ago, um, and it's up for re-election this year. So I think it was three, or three, three and a half, almost four years. So then the Southern Region Director at Large. So that's kind of my APTA uh, uh, life. So, so that's a little bit about me. That's awesome. I didn't realize that we both went to Bellarmine, but I didn't realize that you were in 2009. <laughs> I had seen you in the service learning clinics, but I thought you were like just graduated. So, yeah. um, but that's really cool. All right. Yeah. Sean, tell us a little uh, bit about yourself. Well, I think Nate just got called old right there. And I think I'm going to get called old. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I graduated from the University of Evansville in 2002 with three degrees, athletic training, exercise science, and then physical therapist assistant, all at the same time, done concurrently. Um, I then went on and um, finished my master's in health service administration uh, a couple of years after that. And uh, my day job, which I love, is I am the uh, chief operations officer for a company called Rehabilitation and Performance Institute, which is a five-clinic um, company serving um, Southern Indiana, Southern 
Illinois and Western Kentucky. So uh, that's what I do all day. I still get to treat patients, which I love. And so that's a big part, but I also help to um, facilitate the growth in all five of our clinics. Uh, as far as APTA, I currently am elected nationally as a PTA caucus delegate, which serves in the House of Representatives. On the uh, chapter level, I serve as the uh, bylaws chair for the Indiana chapter, a conference committee member, and probably something else I'm forgetting right now. But um, uh, along with that, I also teach. I teach at the University of Evansville in the uh, physical therapist assistant program. I teach functional anatomy and modalities. Good deal. And uh, Sean, I met you a couple of years ago, right after I graduated. So I know you, I yeah. knew you at a national level before I knew you were from Indiana. <laughs> when I was a student, I would see you everywhere. So um, the first question I have for you guys is after graduation, did you guys do any formal mentorship? Was there any residency or continuing education or um, any formal education that you guys continued with that provided you mentors? And did that help develop who you guys are today? So my story is, is when I graduated, um, I uh, felt like I knew uh, some stuff, but I wasn't real, real confident. And I started seeing patients and I was thinking, oh my gosh, um, what, what, you know, what am I doing? I, you know, I, I went to all this schooling and, um, and, and, and so I, I was, I kind of went in like a little bit of a lull and the, the guy that I was working with, um, he's got a whole alphabet after his name. So he, he's been through a lot of continued education and I was just observing him and watching him, you know, work with patients and his confidence. And I was always picking his brain and he'd always say, you know, try this or do this. And it would usually work. And, and I was like, how do you know all this stuff? And he was like, you've got to keep learning. You've got to continue with your education. And so um, he really pushed me to um, start my manual therapy certification. It's through the University of St. Augustine. Um, and uh, basically, it's uh, weekend courses uh, that you go to and um, you learn didactic uh, knowledge. You practice manual therapy skills. And I started that and actually completed that. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, throughout that time, uh, kind of saw myself gain more knowledge and gain more confidence working with patients and, um, and, and really kind of, uh, became a, you know, a, a better therapist. Um, and then that kind of led me into, um, wanting to pursue even more, uh, work and started, uh, my fellowship and, uh, did a fellowship through the American Academy of Orthopedic Manual Physical Therapists. Um, and that was a three-year fellowship, and I did that through the University of St. Augustine as well. Um, and and uh, and throughout all of that, um, you know, continue to uh, understand. I've still got a lot to learn, um, and I want to keep learning. So that, that's, I guess, that's kind of my background with um, continuing my education and uh, right after school. So. Now, when you were in those programs, did you have to have a mentor during those programs, or did the guy that was at your clinic, did he serve as just your informal mentor through those? 
Yeah, so, um, you know, if you go through, uh, you know, a manual therapy certification or a McKinsey certification, something like that, usually you don't have to have a mentor. It's mostly just going through um, coursework um, and then uh, you usually go to a site and you have to take a whole bunch of tests, usually written tests, practical tests, oral tests. And if you can pass those tests, you'll be certified in, in whatever that is. If you want to do a residency or a fellowship, um, then yes, you, you have to have uh, mentor hours. Um, every fellowship and every residency requires so many hours where you're working one-on-one -on -one with the mentor or the mentor is observing you work with patients. Um, and it's very intimidating, but you learn so much, um, you know, working, working with the mentor. And, and I was lucky enough that my mentor was somebody that I worked with so I could get my hours in um, every day at work uh, doing that. Not all fellowships or residencies um, you, you don't always have that opportunity. Sometimes you have to travel to meet with your mentor mm -hmm. to get your hours in. But, um, but yeah, so. So even during your manual therapy certification, like when you chose to work at the clinic, did, did you choose because you knew the person you were going to be working with and he, like you wanted him to be your mentor or was it just something that, Oh, I'm going to look for a job and hopefully I end up someplace or did you really go to that clinic wanting to work there knowing that he would you wanted to learn from him a little bit of both I wanted a job and I wanted to start making some money and, and quit paying uh, money to to Bellarmine and uh, <laughs> start paying off my student loans so so I really wanted a job and I definitely um, had that at the top of my list I knew at the time that uh, he was very well respected in the area and he was very knowledgeable uh, but it didn't realize um, that I like hit the jackpot working for for him and his clinic and, and the mentorship that he provided so I was really really um, lucky so uh, you know again kind of answer that question uh, yeah I knew sort of what I was getting into but but I didn't realize just kind of how lucky I, I was to, to have that opportunity so when I talk to students now I highly encourage them um, to you know yeah, you, you've got to find a job, but, but make sure you pick a place that you've got some mentorship. They're not going to stick you um, working hours by yourself because you're going to have questions. You're going to have patients that are going to be very difficult. So having uh, some sort of mentor or some sort of guidance is very important, especially for that first job, because um, you can get burnt out. or You can really get in that lull if you don't have somebody there to, to help you. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sean, what was your experience? Um, a mixture of things. Um, so I also am a member of the American College of Healthcare Executives. And so when I came out of school, they had a formalized mentorship program. And so I went through that twice. So I actually, in being a PTA, there was no one like me kind of in the organization. And so I ended up getting paired with a vice president of a, um, of a regional hospital system out of Chicago for my first one. And that was a real eye-opening experience that like drove home some, a lot of messages about, you know, how to really be engaged and interactive within all the environments that you work in, not just your, your work setting, but everything else, because it ends up playing a role in where you go. And um, the second one was a president of a hospital in um, the Indianapolis area. And, and that, they were both just phenomenal resources. I'm glad I had them at a young age. Um, 
But I also have completed the uh, National Athletic Trainers Association Star Trek, which is their leadership development program. And that came with a mentor as well. And so I got to use that. And then just throughout my career, I've, I've been blessed to uh, be able to serve the Indiana chapter and to serve on a national level. I'm also involved in the uh, health policy administration section, and I am serve in an elected position there nationally as well. And through uh, courses like LAMP, I've gotten to know like the LAMP instructors, and uh, a lot of them have become mentors for me. And uh, mentorship is not a um, mentorship is something that has to like evolve with you as your situation changes. Um, I started off working as a um, staff PTA, and I still love treating. And I've gone through manual certifications and um, different certification programs through like the uh, Next Gen Institute of Physical Therapy and some others. And like every time I go there, I learn and I, I find someone that, that teaches me because uh, I'm not a smart man, but I'm smart enough to know my limitations and how to find the smartest person in the room and learn from them. <laughs> and so like I've done that throughout my career, but then, you know, the Indiana chapter, I mean, Emily Slavin has been a wonderful mentor to me, Jerry Smith, Rick Roos. There are so many people that have just kind of always been there and helped me and helped me when I've had changes. Uh, we started a company three years ago. That's a insane venture to start a company, but like being able to use them, um, people on the national level that I've gotten to know and, and trust and can call and really use that mentor-mentee relationship is amazing. And, and as someone that mentors a lot of young PTAs, um, I'm part of a um, administrator of a uh, PTA uh, Facebook page. And one of the things we do is we have a mentorship category. And so we'll take seasoned professionals that we know have uh, strong skills. And then if a um, younger PTA is looking for it, we um, try to match them and help them facilitate a mentor-mentee relationship. And so it's, it's, mentorship is just something that doesn't end. It keeps okay. going throughout your entire career. So it sounds like, I mean, both of you guys had some aspect of formal mentorship, but there was also, especially for you, Sean, it sounded like the connections that you made going to those conferences, going to meetings, there's not a specific mentorship connection there. It's not like people are signing up people, mentors and mentees, like you put yourself out there to connect to people. And I know you say that you're shy, but with the amount of connections that you have, like you've had to reach out to those people, right? I mean, did you connect, like, did you take yourself to them and ask for their help? Or how did you establish those relationships from just a meeting? No, no formal mentorship agreement between you two. So part of it is vulnerability. Um, we sometimes have a hard time in this profession being vulnerable, especially in front of another therapist, let alone a patient. Like how hard is it to say I was wrong? Absolutely. Hey, I went down that wrong path. I totally went down the wrong path treating you. But I can say that because I have enough confidence to say I was wrong, but I won't be wrong 
again. And so like I can switch out with the patient. It's the same thing with like each other. We have to get to that point where, you know, I mean, there's Chris Junkins, who is a um, uh, PTATC, who is a, uh, owns several clinics in South Carolina. I mean, there's not a day, there's not a day where I don't think, hey, what would Chris tell me in this situation? Or, hey, better yet, let's text Chris and see what he's going to say. And so, like, I am open and willing to let people see that I can fail. But it just makes me better in the end. And I love that you use the word vulnerable because I think the one area that I've grown um, and I'm proud that I have because we've kind of talked, we're, we're sort of both introverts, uh, but that you, 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 have to, you have to be vulnerable and you have to um, go out and say, I don't know what I'm doing here or I need help. Um, or I'm at this uh, conference and I don't know those people, but I'm going to go introduce myself and spark this relationship. And it may be uh, a mentor mentee relationship that comes from that. So I feel like I've grown quite a bit with that in the manual therapy uh, kind of world. Um, there's, there's kind of, uh, there's a lot of pride in, in who you learn from, whether it's a Maitland based or McKinsey based or Colton born based or Paris based. Um, and everybody kind of has their, their thing. So when you go to some of these manual therapy conferences, it's very hard to be vulnerable because it's like you learned a different method than, than I did. You know, I'm not learning from you, but I feel like that I really try, you know, my goal is to ultimately help my patients, help the community, help the state of Indiana. I mean, that's, that's why we all became physical therapists. And, 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 and I think we have to be uh, willing to say, we don't know everything. There's still a lot that we need to know. And even the greatest physical therapists, we're still learning so, so much. Um, and I think we have to be, uh, do a, probably do a better job as a, as a profession, like, like you were saying that usually we're, we're not real good at that, but, uh, uh, we're all on the same team here and, and, uh, create more relationships and, 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 and do better with these mentor mentee relationships and, and, uh, and really help each other out. Um, and, and so I agree with everything that you said there, Sean. Absolutely. As someone that's been four years out, I've realized, and it took me a while to realize it. I'm, I'm still labeled as a new professional. I'm about to be four years out and I'm just now realizing it that I have to be willing to say that I, I was wrong or that I, I need help coming out of PT school. You do feel like, you know, a few things, but you definitely don't know enough. And sometimes I feel like I don't know where to look. It was a relationship at the time that you didn't realize would be, that would have influenced you the way it did. Like it wasn't like a person that was more established or someone that was, that knew more than you. Was it someone that was right there at the same level as you, but like a coworker, did you find mentorship from someone that was just as deep as you were in the field? I, I try to, with almost every connection that I make, whether it's at a Indiana chapter uh, event or just every day in the clinic or even working with students, I, I try to um, be open and, and say, I really like how they talk to that patient or I liked how they did that. Or, I've never seen that exercise before. Hey, you know, can, can you teach me like, why are you doing that? Or um, that was really interesting. Why did you do that with the patient? I thought you would probably do this or um, I haven't seen this surgery before. I need some help with this protocol. Um, so 
is that a, a formal mentor relationship? Uh, no, but I think again, just even with, we, we've got some uh, PTs in our clinic that have just graduated. I learn stuff from them all the time. And, and I hope that they're learning from me because um, we try to create that team atmosphere, you know, in our clinic. And um, I was just at a Southeast district meeting um, last night and there was a, a competitor right down the road, but they were doing some really cool things and I was wanting to learn from it and they were open and we were, you know, we were working together. And um, so uh, are, are they a mentor of mine? You know, no, but I, I think I'm, I'm open enough to say they're doing some neat stuff with this. Um, I want to learn more about that because I think it can help my patient and ultimately help people the, in the community. And again, that's, that's kind of our goal from a physical therapy standpoint. And Nate, Nate keeps hitting on a point about community and, and like for the company that I, that I probably founded, like our mission is to bring health and happiness to the community. And so like, there's a lot of times where that relationship might not be like the PTPTA where I'm getting that from, but um, just being open and asking questions. Like um, I have not, never seen, I've been doing orthopedics for 17 years. I had never seen a Hegel tear on a shoulder until last week. And so like, I had no idea, but I was able to reach out to a um, orthopedic nurse practitioner that I know very well and have her walk me through what was going on. Because, you know, I, I got 17 years of experience. The PT I work with has eight years. Neither one of us had seen one of these before. And so, it, you know, like having that ability to reach out and just collaborate across, across if it's competitor or not, or if it's, um, another healthcare provider. That's that's an important thing. And like one thing that like um, I want to say is we tend to look at each other in this field as competitors sometimes, and we shouldn't be. There's enough patience. If if we're good at what we do and advocating for what we do in the community, there's enough patience for us to see. You know, the statistics are like 10% of people will receive physical therapy in a community a year. Only 8% of orthopedic-related injuries will, see, will, will get physical therapy. We haven't even captured the market. And we need to do a better job of, of, of leaning on each other and learning from each other and, and growing physical therapy, not, not infighting. Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned, like, you, you reached across disciplines too. You went to your nurse practitioner, like mentors aren't just between PTPT or PTPTA or any of those sorts or coworkers. You went to someone else and really as a healthcare system, we should be promoting the better health of all of our patients and making sure that we cross those lines to make sure that we are including the people that refer to us or the people that just might know more something about it, know something more about it. I think it's really important. I'm glad that you touched on that. Definitely. I have one more question for you guys though. Um, so I think someone, I think Sean might've touched on and you said the word and it's a hot topic. I think these days burnout. Um, do you guys did you find mentorship or work-life balance? Or is that just something that you strived for? Was there someone that told you, hey, you're doing too much, you need to go ice skating, or you need to go take a break, you need a vacation? Or was there someone maybe outside of the field 
that helped you find a work-life balance. I know you guys are very passionate about what you do and I don't feel like you guys look at what you do and feel that it's work and that it's taxing from how you guys speak about your job. It's very clear that you guys love what you do and you're passionate about it. And it doesn't really seem like you guys work a day in your life because you guys do what you love, but how did you find, or do you have a mentor for your work life mentor for your work life balance? Um, yes, I, I, I do. Um, I think that, uh, I've got a pretty good relationship with all my coworkers. Um, and I think that we try to help each other out with that. Um, there's just some days you go to the clinic and you're just having a bad day or you're tired, you're just not feeling it. And, uh, you know, I think that I'll tell, you know, I'm just, I'm down today, you know, and, and I think our coworkers, it's, you know, as from a team environment, you, they try to pick you up. So I think that's important, you know, again, just, talking to students or talking to new professionals when you're looking at these, uh, looking at jobs, there's some clinics you walk into and they just don't feel real happy. And, 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 you know, I would probably stay away from those if everybody's kind of doing their own thing and on the phone, uh, or on the computer documenting and no one's real talking, uh, talking to every, you know, everyone, uh, you can get burnout pretty quick. I think in those clinics or those hospitals or those, uh, nursing care centers, wherever you may be working. So I think you have to be careful with that. And I think ultimately too, just my, just my family, my, my wife, um, she's definitely someone I lean on. It's like, this was a long day and I've got a meeting I've got to go to, and then I've got to read this and I've got to prepare for class tomorrow. So, uh, you know, I think it's just good just being able to talk to somebody and say, this has been uh, a long day or I'm tired or, Hey, I'm doing really, I'm doing really good. I had a really good day today. Um, so I think that my wife does help me kind of kind of balance that uh, somewhat, but I do think um, it's tough. And, and Sean's got way more hats than I do, and and I don't I don't know how he does what he does. Uh, there's definitely times where I'm like I've said yes to too many things, but then ultimately when I do participate or teach or I'm going to present. Um, like, oh, I love that I did that. I love this because I, I do love physical therapy. So, um, so I think uh, that's a, it's, it's a great question. I think everybody has to find kind of their own balance, but I think you have to be open to, you know, willing to have a mentor that maybe not is not a, a, a PT mentor, but have somebody that you can talk to, whether it's a friend, a family, a spouse, somebody like that, and, and make sure you're sharing how you feel. Um, and sometimes you just, you may be in a um, you know hospital situation or clinic situation, or you just have some coworkers that are that are just bringing you down. It's not the best environment for you. I've talked to many uh, students, new professionals, that they just said, "This is not what I thought it was going to be." I'm dreading going to work. I'm not learning a whole lot, and I think that it, it's tough, but but it's okay to to make the make make the move. Or you may say, "I really thought I liked orthopedics, but." this isn't for me, I, you know, I, I need to go to something else. And what's really cool about physical therapy is we have a wide range of areas that we can work with. And so if you're not, if you're not happy, it's, it's, I think it's okay to, to try something else or, or change locations, because if, if you're not happy and you don't have that balance, uh, you're not going to be a good husband or wife. You're not going to be a good friend and you're probably going to be a good therapist to your patients. Um, if you're feeling that burnout. So, um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a balance and you, you've got to have all of that in your life to kind of, to help that out. And I, and I struggle with that sometimes I'm still balancing things and trying to say yes and maybe no to some stuff, but, uh, 
but yeah, it's difficult. So, uh, and what do you think, Sean? Um, I say yes to a lot of stuff and actually in the last year and a half, I've learned to say no. Um, mine isn't necessarily a mentor in this, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, about a year and a half ago, my father died from a blood clot secondary to an appendectomy. Um, my father was a, just a worker. He was a detective, but, but he did security for local hospitals. Probably why my brother and I are in this field, because we get to meet every doctor and every therapist within a hospital because he knew them all personally and, and got to, got to be friends with him. So, you know, losing him put in perspective for me what I had been sacrificing with my children. I've got a um, eight-year-old as of last week and a 10-year-old. And so I learned to say no. Toughest no of my life was um, deciding not to run for chief delegate for the PGA caucus. Um, tore me up. <laughs> One of the hardest things I've ever done. But I had um, a couple people who really were very encouraging for me to to learn how to say no and that was that's my um one of my partners and our ceo of our company craig pfeiffer and um our other um vice president shelly tyler just really helped me to see that i needed to learn to say no and and i say no a lot now which isn't always fun but it, you know, it makes those times and the things I say the best yes to, like teaching. I love teaching. Put me in front of a classroom all day. I'll teach. I will talk about this profession for hours on end, and and I can do it, and and I love it. And so, like burnout's never really been a thing for me, but learning how to prioritize has been. Um, if you're passionate about what you do, it doesn't feel like work. And, you know, like I said, teaching, being a clinician, I, I treat, treat patients as the easiest part of my day a lot of times. And um, just anything where I can be involved in this, in this field and make one person's life better, one person's life fuller, avoid one surgery, then how can you not just be like overly passionate about this field? But we do have to learn to prioritize and, and make self-care an important issue. And I've learned that the last year and a half. And I think as a whole, our profession um, gets good at saying no, which I hate to say because we kind of get comfortable in our comfort zones. And I think you have completely earned the right to say no, Sean, because you've said yes many times. But I really encourage the new professionals. It's, it's very tough. It's very intimidating. Jessica, you, you just talked about how you, you, you did it, uh, but, but step up and say yes. And the more people that say yes, Sean doesn't have to say no as much. You know, if we can all do a little bit more, um, you got more people doing less work rather than a few people doing more work. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, it's scary to, to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to volunteer for this. I don't know these people. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going to step up and volunteer for this. I promise you, it, it is awesome because you create relationships, you create mentors, um, and, and, and 
yes, you do need to balance life, definitely. But uh, but I think we could all probably do a little bit more. Not you, Sean. You've, you've <laughs> you do plenty. But but uh, you, you understand what I'm saying? I think as a profession, we're, we're really quick to say no and be comfortable and not go to a meeting, not go to a conference, uh, not start a residency, not, you know, continue education, whether it's a, uh, you know, master's in business or something, you know, whatever it may be, it's really easy to say, no, I'm not going to do that. But usually on the other end of it, you've done enough stuff, Sean, and Jessica, you're getting into this stuff too. It is so worth it. Uh, you know, in the end, if you can get out of that comfort zone and say, you know, say yes to some stuff. Absolutely. I would agree with that a hundred percent. It's, I always knew you guys in passing. I knew, I knew your faces. I knew who you were. But it wasn't until recently that I really got to know both of you. Nate, I think it was at the PT day just a couple weeks ago or a month ago that I actually got to sit and talk to you. And it just made me feel a little bit better. Going to one meeting up there, my husband asked me, he goes, oh, who are you going to be up there with? And I said, well, I don't know. I don't really know anybody up there. And he's like, you're okay with that? And I wasn't but I went anyway and it turned out to be great that's why I get involved the more connections you make not only do they become mentorships but doing what you love doesn't become work then because when you go to advocate for someone or you go to a southwest district meeting or any kind of event for physical therapy you're meeting up with your friends again and yes it's uncomfortable the first maybe once or twice that you go and if you stop going, it's always going to be uncomfortable the next time. So you might as well just bite the bullet and keep going mm-hmm. and create those relationships because they can turn into so much more for you. And as you guys have said, it turns into more mentorship, whether it be formal or informal, you get guidance out of life. And that's really what mentorship is, is just someone that you can go to when you have one question. It doesn't have to be every a formal, every week we talk about something. You could it could be months or years down the road that you reach out and say, Hey, I have a question for you. So as a new professional, what can the Indiana chapter do to create better mentorship for you and for the ones that are more shy, like more shy about getting involved? That's a good question. And I think, gosh, Sean, you asked a good question. I think what I sometimes see is um, if there's some sort of event, whether it's a, um, you know, PT pub night or pack night or, a, you know, a district meeting, I see people show up if they have somebody that they work with show up. Hey, I'll go if you go type of thing. But very rarely does someone, I'm going to go by myself to this thing I don't know anybody about. So, um it doesn't really answer your question, Sean, but I, I think we, we need to get more, um, I don't know, not necessarily mentors, but more people to encourage, uh, you know, different hospital groups or different clinics, different organizations t- to go. Because I think people are willing to go if they kind of know somebody or have a buddy to, to go with. That's one thing I've observed throughout the years. Um, and then usually once you start going, you, you're more comfortable and, and you, you keep you keep going. But that first uh, jump into going to something is usually a, a big leap for people, and they're just uncomfortable and they they, they don't want to they don't want to do that, um, or just busy with life too. So, 
when we get to those events, the people that are involved, stepping out and recognizing someone that's new, going up and talking to them, asking them questions like, why are you here? What are you interested in? I think that would be a good step in the right direction of the people that, because when you come to those meetings, it seems like this closed off group sometimes, like you're entering when you see other people talking because they have a connection or they've known each other from previous meetings, you get a little afraid to go up and interrupt that. You feel like you're on the outside. And so I think opening that up, being willing and going up to individuals that you recognize are new is an important step in accepting people in and making them feel connected within the profession. And I know both of you guys have done that because you guys both did that for me. But I think that is what gave me the most welcoming environment, especially for the PT day. I mean, I didn't know, I knew people going up there, but I didn't have a close relationship with them. And you taking the time to stop and talk to me and invite me in or ask me questions or say hi to me at a second event was huge. And it made me feel a little bit on the inside too. So I think that would help opening up. And, and that's, it's hard because like, we have, we form deep bonds in this profession with the other people and we don't get to see them all the time. Right. Right. And, and so, you know, it's, it's one thing like we in the PTA caucus really try to really try to do is because like for the five of us delegates, like we interact on the phone every two weeks, every month. And so like, there's a tight bond. I, I, I love those people in my heart. And then we've got 50 other reps that, that might, 20 of them might be new. And so like, it's hard to make sure that we don't spend our time talking to each other, but engage everybody else. And, and it's, it was a hard lesson for us to learn, but we've learned it and learned how to do it. And I think that's just something that like leadership has to be reminded of. Thank you to Nate and Sean for taking their time to discuss mentorship with me. And thank you for taking the time to listen. We want to discuss topics that matter to you. So as always, if you have a question from the episode or an idea that you want to hear about, shoot me an email at jessica.baker.dpt at gmail.com. I hope you find value here that helps you professionally and personally. Come back and listen in to the Professional PT Podcast.